0: It is very tempting now to give a benediction. I feel totally churched. I'm ready to go. All right, I can do that. This past summer, I worked at a library. It was straightforward, unlike ministry, and I loved it. I scanned things. I took things off shelves. I put things on shelves. I told you that I couldn't waive your fines. (laughs) And sometimes I recycled books. It was a surreal thing being tasked with dumping carts and carts of library books, now quickly becoming former library books into blue recycling dumpsters. Most of these were bound periodicals, magazines and newspapers that are now available in digital form. The thunk of each book landing in the bottom of the dumpster was satisfyingly loud. As a graduate student, a small part of me took special pleasure in this. (laughs) Ha, I thought. I do not have to read you. I get to recycle you. I took pleasure in this part of my job, so simple, so straightforward books in a bin. There was also something naughty, something wrong, something sad about throwing these books into dumpsters, spines all a splay, pages creased, bindings cracking with the weight of the next book falling. I felt bad at recycling books, Perhaps for the same reason some of you are visibly cringing as I describe bindings breaking, pages crumpling. Most of us have been taught either by parents or teachers or librarians that books are sacred. Objects of reverence to be treated with the utmost care. The written word on paper is holy. There's a reason that book burning in movies signals the apocalypse, and in nations, the worst sort of repression. This I've learned well. Treating books badly is really bad. I remember making book covers out of paper bags in grade school. I remember my mother holding up a spectacularly creased copy of the Boxcar Children Lighthouse Mystery and voice full of disappointment and conviction, flapping the abused pages in my direction, lecturing me on how I should and should not treat my books. So when I hear poet, musician, and activist, Michael Franti sing, every single soul is a poem written on the back of God's hand. I believe him. And I also remember that we so often do not treat each other, do not treat ourselves, like poetry. We so often do not afford the reverence we easily give to books, to our own souls, to the souls of our sisters, siblings, and brothers in this world. No matter where I roam, sings Michael, every single soul is a poem. And whether you're in to God or not, the poetry of it, the idea that we are each a work of art known like the back of the holiest hand, that's powerful and I cannot hear those words without thinking of the most recent time that I treated someone or myself I love like less than poetry. We are all worthy of such reverence, that is certain. We are all as holy as the pages of a beloved novel, the lines of a favorite poem, the stories of sacred scripture, and it is so easy, so easy to feel like less. The task of seeing our own souls as holy is one that many religious traditions and practices take up. They offer metaphors like salt in water, ways of thinking about us as humans connected to the divine. They offer images, human souls, as part of the body of God or if human souls permanently connected in some physical way to the divine. I'm in favor of what I'm sure many would call a very theologically simplistic way of thinking about the holiness of souls. And I know there's a, a math word for it. Maybe someone can help me out. It's the property by which something is true because that is the very thing that defines it. Anybody? Anybody? I'm gonna go with that. You sound sound sure. (laughs) Our souls are holy because souls are holy in the same way that nature is holy because nature is holy. From this perspective, the task of seeing and treating our own souls as holy for me is not one that can be accomplished through a more thorough reading of theology or more regular spiritual practice, though of course this project can be greatly aided by the reading of theology and the doing of spiritual practice. Of the six sources that Unitarian Universalism draws on, the first is our own direct experience of that transcending mystery and wonder affirmed in all cultures, which moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life. In this direct experience are the seeds for transforming how we see and treat our souls and the souls of others. Many of us know in our heads that our souls are holy. Theoretically, we know it to be true, but knowing it in our heads is so different from knowing it in our hearts. As Rumi says, at some point we must stop the words now. Open the window in the center of our chest. Let the spirits fly in and out. Through experiences that help us to transform what we know into how we feel, we pray that we may come to a place where everything, including our own souls, is music. Where, to paraphrase the words of playwright and poet Enchazake Shange, we may find God in ourselves and love her, love her fiercely. One of my favorite ways to engage this ongoing process of transformation of how I see my soul is through music I first heard Michael Franti's music from my Aunt Mary's sound system one summer in Rochester, New York. By day I was an intern for a public defender and by night I listened to the sound of the city sweating and marveled at the chaos and injustice of the courthouse. My Aunt Mary was and still is an intense hardcore Franti fan. The recordings she pumped out of that house in Southwest Rochester were from a live concert So my introduction to Michael's music was punctuated with applause and 10 minute long bass solos. Out of these recordings came a musical journey that found me singing along at concerts in Indiana and Detroit, sharing my newfound musical crush with friends and turning to those songs when my soul really didn't feel like a poem, when my faith in my family in my communities, in this world, was fragile. I turned to these songs when my faith in anything I could ever hope to call God felt like it was turning to fragments. One album in particular, appropriately titled, Stay Human, consistently provided me with what Franti calls a soul shine. He has a song by that name that offers these words. Take your time, unwind your mind. We all need a little soul shine. I love this idea of a soul shine. I imagine a soul tarnished from whatever crappy thing just happened, looking a little ragged from wear and tear and general use, from bills and loss and trying to get places on time, having its own little soul shine, the soul version of being buffed and polished with care. A soul shine could be a bike ride, a kitchen dance party with friends, some really good roasted vegetables, whatever leaves a soul feeling shinier, refreshed, unwound. And I love that it sounds like something you've just got to do. It's maintenance. If we don't do it, our souls suffer. Everything runs less smoothly. The bumps hit us hard. The repairs are more costly. Take your time, sings Michael. Unwind your mind. We all need a little soul shine. I can't talk about the good news that I find in Michael Franti without talking about the title track of the album, also called Stay Human. The refrain of this song is basically the Michael Franti version of Inherent Worth and Dignity. He sings, all the freaky people make the beauty of the world. How amazing is that? Amen. All the freaky people make the beauty of this world. In the song, he also sings, I'm giving thanks for being human every morning. Tell your neighbor, tell a friend, every flower has a right to be blooming. Stay human. Sometimes we just need to hear the same good news over and over from different sources. We can hear it from our ministers, our friends, our moms, our dads. And sometimes we just need to hear it in a song A song telling us to have a little soul shine. Sometimes it's not enough to know in our heads that our souls are holy. Sometimes we want to hear the truth pumping through our speakers. Sometimes it's nice to have a melody to go along with our theology. Some inherent worth and dignity we can sing along to. We are wondrous, beautiful creatures and our lives are confusing and hard and messy and blissful and heartbreaking and joyous. That is the poetry within each of our souls. That is the freakiness which beautifies this world. The width of our lives, the depth of our feeling is a miracle that we are here is such a holy thing Let us celebrate it. Let us treat it with reverence. Let us hold it in our hands like we would a favorite poem, a beloved novel, a new library book. This requires faith, faith that as we move back and forth between days when our souls really do feel like poetry and days when even the idea that my soul is made of God stuff might seem silly or impossible. Faith that as Rumi writes, when a candle flickers and goes out, we still have a spark. That when one of our instruments breaks, there are hidden ones playing. May we feel it in our bones, know it in our hearts, live it in our lives, our souls, our poems. All the freaky people make the beauty of this world. Every single soul is a poem written on the back of God's hand. Amen and blessed be.